Hi, this is Beth. And I'm Staney. <laughs> and you're listening to Mixed Politics. <laughs> Welcome to episode six. Staney, what are yeah. you drinking? I am drinking tequila and a pear margarita mix because we are going south of the border again to see <laughs> to see all that's happening down there. And your boyfriend, your BFF, Ted oh. Cruz. Oh, uh, yeah. Wow. What are you drinking tonight? I have a margarita. Same thing. And in my proud, Ooh. nasty woman cup here, because I'm All a right. proud, nasty woman. So, nasty. yes. Uh, what are we going to talk about tonight, Beth? <laughs> What's going on with immigration and the border with Mexico? All right. So I think the appropriate place to start is with how people are describing this and one of one word that keeps coming up over and over again is the word crisis mm -hmm. and i think something to note is that the white house refuses to use the word crisis to explain this and mm -hmm. it to me that was that was interesting i didn't pay much attention to what was going on throughout the week i read up on a lot of stuff the last two days but the one thing that i did catch during the week was that the white house refuses to call this a crisis so I think that's just because no administration wants to admit that there's a problem. And mm. this is something outside of, I think, outside of their control completely. And yeah. no White House ever wants to admit that something's out of their control or that it's difficult to handle. So no, I, I think I think it's more that it's difficult to handle than it's out of control. It's, it's I just, we'll, it's, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about whether it's out of control or not. A lot of the difficulties come from misinformation and then like and now we have misinformation guiding policy in the Congress and, you know, in, in Washington. And that's that's yeah. that's been that's been an added challenge where it wasn't before. So you think why, it wasn't that way before? Um, I don't think it was this fast and this widespread, like maybe back in the day, back in the 1800s, maybe early 1900s. Um, it was, we have this one piece of information that's wrong and maybe one or two people are with it. And then, you know, we might send out a feeler or a pamphlet or whatever, or just set them straight on the Senate floor. Like, this is not correct. We'll look at these numbers, look at these, whatever, whatever. And that'll be mm -hmm. it. And they move on. But now it's just like, you have whole sects of society that believe this conspiracy theory or this misinformation. And now numbers of people believing something validates it in 2021 there is a, a a screenshot that i have of a side by side we can put it up here for mm. people to see but it's really a side by side comparison of how the media is talking about this you have yeah. fox news that's calling it a crisis um what what did they say a surge at the border and yeah. msnbc is calling it an increase so surge versus increase <laughs> That's why the public seems to be in one camp or another. It's either not a problem or it is a huge problem because mm -hmm. that's what the media is saying. So, yeah. So okay. what do you think well, about what's what's really going on, though, with these caravans and stuff? Well, that's the thing. It's, it's not a caravan anymore. Remember the last time the media actually used the word caravan? It that was before was, the election. It was no, 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 not 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 the general election. The the. Um, oh, the midterm? The midterms, yeah. Um, there if if I'm sure you guys all remember it. It was all the craze, it was all over the news, and they showed you like aerial footage of like I don't know, a large number of people, ten thousand people just 
marching towards the border and the big conservative scare tactic, you know, these people are going to, they use words like invade. So this was bigger than a crisis. Like this was the Vikings coming to fucking invade England and France. You know, they're, <laughs> they're coming to kill us all and take our freedoms and whatever. Yeah. And, 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 and in true propaganda fashion, as soon as the midterms finished, they just disappeared. And like, I just wish as people, we could look back at our recent history and be like, hey, what happened to that caravan? Oh, it disappeared. <laughs> okay. So, and then we look at this and be like, so what happened to that crisis? Oh, we sorted it out. Because there was, there was no invasion. There was no caravan. There was no people coming to eat our babies and whatever. And it's just, it's really frustrating that political spin and political talking points for the purposes of votes is what makes the news is what's sensational. It what's is what mm-hmm. drives emotion. It's what get people upset and and get people fearful. Like fear is such a useful tool. I think what hmm, it's probably it's probably more readily useful than love. Well, yeah, because it invokes a very strong emotion, yeah. and it's sometimes anger and rage is a lot more immediate. How do I say this? Yeah, it's a lot more immediate than love. And, but I think that part of this narrative isn't helped by the fact that the, the Biden administration isn't really handling this in, in, I think the best way because of the fact that they don't want the media to be inside Mm -hmm. those centers, the detention center or where they're processing people. Did you see his recent put out? He was just like, he's 100% committed to uh, transparency. That was on Friday. I, 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 he, he, or, or Thursday at his press conference, someone asked him about that. And he uh-huh. said, I am completely 100% committed to transparency. And it's been more transparent than the previous administration. I just, it's like, it's, hmm, it's like getting a drop of, or a cup of water from a vat. You know, it, you don't know what, how much the vat holds, but you're right. thankful for this cup of water. And we don't know how transparent he's being but we know we got more than the drop from the last administration. How, how do we know though? Because if, if it's one thing for him to say he's being transparent, but he doesn't, he's not letting the media into those detention centers. So to well, me, that's pretty sus. Is think, it because think, they're at capacity the and is, it looks bad? Is it because of something else? We don't really know, but he's not letting the media in there. So I have to be suspect. I, I, I don't know. I'm just very suspicious of, you're right to be suspicious but i think the difference is what's coming out of the administration and the watchdog groups yeah as in as in the information is lining up so it's it's like that's what i was saying it's a little bit more transparent when they're saying hey you know we're sending fema down to help with processing or we're trying to do this or we're trying to process them or we're processing these amount of numbers per day or whatever the watchdog groups are reporting roughly the same numbers from what i'm seeing so -hmm. there's a little bit more transparent uh, a transparency, which brings me to, to his plan overall. Now, his plan um, is it's better than the last administration's plan, which I know for a lot of people doesn't say much because the bar wasn't on the floor. It was it was fucking buried. Like we had to go dig to go find the bar because it was it was all right. So last administration, we had things like giving teenage women hysterectomies 
because we didn't want is because we didn't want them having babies in America. Did you, you want to talk about you want to talk fuck? about rage? You want to talk about rage? That that just stirs up so much rage in me to that's hear insane. that as a woman. Heard, don't you no. dare touch my uterus! That's a, don't you that's dare! A, that's a complete invasive medical surgery. Right. It's awful. I, that is I, so I, like. There's and, no and, excuse and, for it. And it and it ain't cheap. I'm just looking at the allocation of funds. Like you have a budget for giving teenage migrant woman hysterectomies? What the actual Okay, so let's just be very clear. That's not happening right now. That has not mm-hmm. happened since January 20. That's that came to a screeching halt. And that was happening. Um so so the conditions are a little bit better but but like if we're if we're looking at conditions as um no no toothbrush no proper bedding no toiletries the older children are taking care of the younger children the little bit older teenage women are being are, are forced uh surgical procedures removing their uteruses and whatever like it it's it's leagues better than that but that shouldn't have been where we're that shouldn't have been the starting point that's my thing. That should have never been a thing. So yeah. it's better than that. But if we were supposed to be starting at the level of um, the Constitution, international treaties, and things that we've agreed to in general, the bar was way higher than that. It was welcome these people in, find out where they're from, find out if they have a sponsor here, um, find out you know various things about them, get them immunized and not just covid vaccine or whatever which is a a whole other topic and then and then place them um with their sponsors or reunite them with their families or whatever that's the standard anything that we're doing above that is you know above and beyond where we're at right now is 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 above the buried bar but still lower than the standard that we should be got it so as far as as far as the media and the actual conditions and um, reporting and transparency, I can say from what I've read in multiple different, you know, I guess various different media is that it's better than it was before because, all right, one of the reasons why it's better than it was before, it was the purpose of the plan. So Biden's plan is to process unaccompanied minors as fast as possible. These are people who have family here in neighboring um, states, as far as maybe Colorado, Wyoming, but definitely Texas, Arizona, Nevada, California, and process them, get their information, get them over, get them through Border Patrol processes, then get them to Health and Human Services processes so we can check out that these people are fine, that they're not bringing like um, typhoid fever or tuberculosis or whatever, and then get them ready to go and then transport them to their sponsor and then keep tabs on them for the fact that they are asylum seekers. This is a legal process. Legal as ever. Difference and being they're not they're not illegal immigrants if they are asylum seekers. Right. That they is a came legal in process. they came in they came in and said, Hey, I'm having a problem over there where I'm from. They're trying to kill me because of your foreign policy. <laughs> And so now I'm here. Please help me. That's completely different from I'm coming across the border with a bunch of drugs 
and I'm trying mm -hmm. to sell it and make a quick buck and whatever, and probably even go back and do it again or right. whatever. That that that's not these people. These are so the policy here for unaccompanied minors and a funny little tidbit that I don't know if you knew or found in your research. The reason why there is so much problems with the logistics of getting the processes done are twofold. The first is that the Trump administration, the difference is they wanted, they didn't want to, to send them out to their family members and to their sponsors. That wasn't the plan. The plan was to detain them, to keep them for as long as possible or, or, or you know, without an end because they would use this as a deterrent from people sending their kids. So the, the people would look at, get to the border and look at this and be like, okay, well, we all can't make it or we might be turned back, but our teenager can, let's send them. What the Trump administration wanted to do was send a message that if you send your child here, they're gonna be treated poorly, they're gonna be detained and you may never even see them again. So <laughs> if you don't want that, don't send them. And then they gave a charge to Mexico. Like if you don't hold the parents, like we'll allow you to send the kids to, to further our political po talking points, but you have to keep the parents in your country and figure it out with them. That's so the, so their solution to the separating kids at the border was to separate kids in Mexico. Yes. That's what happened. The difference between the Biden administration is coming back to this funny tidbit that I don't know if you know about why it's so hard to deal with, okay, now we have unaccompanied minors here and we need to process them and get them out is because a senator wrote a bill in 2008 saying we should treat unaccompanied minors completely humanely. We should take care of them. We should bathe them. We should clothe them. We should keep them warm. We should feed them. We should find their sponsors. We should unite them with their families here. And that bill passed. Passed the House, passed the Senate, got signed into law, and it was great. Do you know who the author of that bill is, Beth? Barack Obama? Nope. Who? Senator Joseph R. Biden. <laughs> <laughs> That's yes. awesome. Right. So it's, 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 it's him grappling with this where, like, he literally made the bill. And it's like the bill is telling him, the bill told him, 13 years ago, when you are president, this is what you're going to have to do. And yeah. now he's looking down the barrel of his own bill like, fuck, this is a lot of work. Yep. And here we are. So there is a representative in Texas that just did an interview with NPR this week. And mm. she said that the Border Patrol chief and Border Patrol agents that same week that she was talking to them, I think it was March 17th-ish, mm -hmm. she said that they started to see an increase in the unaccompanied minors dating back to before November of last year. And then they started also seeing an increase in families coming back in April of last year. So a lot of what's being talked about in the media is that there's a surge that's happened since Joe Biden became president, but there was mm -hmm. a surge that happened last year. So I think we need to be mindful of media talking points, trying to get people riled up and enraged and things, especially Fox News. They do a lot about this, but they're not giving you all the facts. They're talking about what's happening here and saying it's a surge, but there was an mm -hmm. increase last year as well. And they're not yeah. talking about that. But that's 
some of the senators that went down to the border said, listen to the border patrol agents. Well, this representative in Texas, her name is Veronica Escobar. She did talk to the border patrol agents and border patrol chief. And they said, yeah, we saw this last year too. So just think it's interesting, but they don't like to mention that. You know, the funny part about this whole media spin and bias and all of that stuff is the reason, and it's not, I know you like to point out Fox news and it's fine, but I've been watching a lot of it over the past week. And it's also MSNBC, it's also CNN, it's CBS, ABC, whatever. Um, And the reason for this, I've concluded, is that there's not a lot of shit going on. Yes, absolutely. As as Future Hendrix once said, if they don't got a story, they will make one. Yes. And they are ready and willing to make one. All of them, all of them are willing to make one. Because if you look at the numbers, like you said, from last year, and compare it to this year, it's you know, like there, there, the fluctuation is, it's not like, you know, it's going crazy and completely volatile. Like it's on a trend. It looks to be seasonal is what I've heard. Some people say, is it seasonal, but that aligns with the border patrol chief saying it was a spike in April last year. And here we are in March Mm -hmm. seeing potentially a spike seems to be a trend. Like you said, seems to be on brand. Yes, on brand. So we've talked about how they're processing unaccompanied minors and um, Mm. what's so what's going on with FEMA? How how are FEMA involved in this? Okay, so Joe Biden and actually this was a very good move for him, both morally, technically and morally and technically. Yes, too both. And then also um, politically, because they the problem that they're having is with processing. And I'm just talking about unaccompanied minors, not everyone who wants to come across for whatever reason. The issue that we're having is unaccompanied minors that are in um, border patrol detention centers. I'm going to call them that or transferred over to human and health services, HHS. The issue is this. Because of what the Trump administration was doing to try to deter people from coming, there's a huge line, a huge backlog of people lined up in Mexico waiting to come across because mm-hmm. one they did the, the teens didn't want to come across in the last administration because they'd be locked up indefinitely or have their uteruses removed or die and they didn't want that so there's a huge backlog and so what has happened is since it's, since the conditions are better now the 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 line is is starting to push up and there's going to be more people so because they didn't have enough hands to process people to take names to you know, see where their sponsors are or whatever. We needed a help from another source. And Joe Biden was like, all right, we're going to send FEMA down to help. And mm. politically, that's a hu- brilliant move because FEMA is in the business or should be in the business of helping people. That's it. Yeah. Why it's a good move politically is because there are other agencies that he could have called on. No American in their right mind would want any of these other agencies to be first down there. You don't want ICE down there. Right. You don't want the FBI down there. Right. You, like, you know what I mean? These people are not in the business of taking care of kids. Yes. Now, if, if, if it gets to a fever pitch and we have to include more agencies, he has more agencies that he can send, but he sent the best one first. If you look at the agencies that we could have sent, Sending FEMA is the best one first. So okay, FEMA is supposed to help with 
FEMA is supposed to help with the processing. Find out who these people are connected to here. Get them connected with those people. Move them from Border Patrol through HHS. Get them on a plane, a bus, a Greyhound or whatever, and then get them to Albuquerque or, you know, mm-hmm. Tuscaloosa or wherever the hell they're going and united <laughs> with those people. Get their address, their phone number, keep tabs on them, whatever, whatever. And that's how asylum-seeking processing should work. Mm-hmm. The, the Like I said, the problem was the previous administration created this backlog on purpose as a deterrent. Now, it's not just this solution that is taking place. The... um. The Biden administration has juggled this idea of, okay, if there's too many people coming through, um, and there are too many, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. On on Thursday or on Wednesday this week, there were 17,000 unaccompanied minors that came across the border to be processed. The very next day was 18,000. So yeah, there definitely is an increase. Right. So what they're saying is that if if we free up the backlog with um, Border Patrol, getting them processed and then getting and then getting them to HHS, HHS might have a, a log jam problem, too, yeah. because you have so many different stops before getting them to where they need to go. There mm-hmm. might be a, there's there's a there's a backlog in Mexico, a log jam at Border Patrol, then going to lead to a log jam at HHS. And then finally get them off. So what they're thinking of doing as a last ditch effort is to get a lot of these people on airplanes, whether aircraft carriers or from the military or whatever, and fly them to the northern border. And then get them processed coming through Canada, you know, in the northern states in, in, in on the western side. Now, now I know it, it, I know it sounds funny because the logistics of this is crazy. Oh no, I'm That's just a, laughing because because the senator from Alaska is going to, his brain's going to explode. But I'll get She's, to that yeah, in a minute. You're going to lose your shit. <laughs> because the, 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 the thing about it is, when you look at that, right, that's a huge undertaking. And it's very mm-hmm. public. You can't hide loading up 18,000 people on a plane. You right. can't hide these massive ass planes from landing from the media or whatever. So this is where I was saying before, he's a little bit more transparent. And he's actually trying to help. If you didn't want to help, you would not want to fly people across the width of the United States to get them processed because there's no benefit to us by doing that. That's just, that's just money. Cause we got to buy fuel. We got to pay pilots. We got all of that. And it's, you know, so, you know, just to tie everything in, they're doing a lot more. Is it Mm -hmm. the best? No, they had to dig up the bar. They had to find the bar first. That's right. And I think that what is frustrating a lot of these Republicans is that they're saying that Joe Biden has incentivized these people from to to come here. And you've already touched on this, but I wanted to reiterate, mm-hmm. Trump tried to disincentivize people by separating families, and that still didn't stop them from coming here. So I can't believe that people are trying to say, well, he's incentivizing people to come here. And that's why so many people are coming here. No, but no, but that speaks volumes to the to the situation they're coming from. If they're yes. decentivized by, oh, my children are going to be detained in- indefinitely. And like you look at that as a parent and go, OK, well, go I'm back home go. And, they can, and they can be killed or right. fuck it. We got to try. That's that's literally but, that that's their rock and hard place. I know. And they're, they were still coming here. So whether they were disincentivized or incentivized, they're still coming anyway. But you yeah. know what the GOP don't really get? 
the biggest incentive that they do that the Republican Party does consistently to bring people mm -hmm. here to the US is to talk this constant drumbeat of America's the greatest country in the world ordained by God full of dreams full of possibilities the American dream is the greatest that is an incentive for people to want to come here they can't overlook that that since the Cold War yep. when Americans were trying to separate ourselves from communism that's when all of this uber patriotism started where it's like America's the greatest we we have no flaws here well do yeah. you think that that doesn't incentivize people to come here and they're still mm -hmm. that way there's they're, they're like you can't say anything bad about America because America is greatest so I think that they they have some culpability in this in, in and then bringing the, the propaganda here. machine when we go to these Central American countries right and we 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 prop up their right-wing leaders because we we don't want socialism anywhere near our country right. and we've done this all through south america and central america if you think i'm lying literally just google just right. google google bolivia uruguay chile venezuela like um nicaragua was like the biggest one jesus christ so you <laughs> right. go to these people and you and you say to them hey the government that you voted for ain't good for you you should vote for a government that we like that is 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 friendly to our policies and shit and then what happens is and i was telling a friend this yesterday like when america goes across the globe pushing their right-wing policies it's exactly what happened with texas and ted cruz right-wing policies work fine if you don't have a crisis except right. that this is earth and crises crises happen all the fucking time like all the time. If, texas would have been fine if they didn't have a snowstorm Guatemala sure. would have been fine if they didn't have back-to-back -back fucking hurricanes in the past two months. Right. Or whenever it happened. That's that's yeah. and and that's the thing. You 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 make it you make this pretty present, like you're saying, you know, America is this be like us, be like us, do like us, whatever. And then when those countries get forced to be like us or try to be like us, and then it's like, oh, we can't sustain this infrastructure, we can't sustain this political system, we can't sustain this economic system because we just had two hurricanes or an earthquake like yeah. Haiti or whatever, and then it falls apart. But you've been blasting on these people's radio and TV forever that America's the best, America's awesome, land of the free, land of opportunity. You can make it here, you can make it anywhere, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, where the fuck do you think these people are gonna go? Right, they're gonna come here. What happened um, with with your boyfriend? <laughs> and Don't you dare call him my boyfriend. <laughs> That's disgusting. First of all, I would like to offer my condolences to Ted Cruz's waistline and his razor. Just saying. Every what about his hairline? Steps... Does he still have that fucking... Oh, the senator, mullet? Senator Probably. in the front, insurrectionist in the back. <laughs> That's the best description ever of his haircut. I don't know what he's thinking. Every time he gets on camera, he looks worse. It's like he's uh, almost, uh, I can't even say what I was, what I'm thinking. I can't say it. It's too mean. I want all of you to look at this slovenly, sloppy boy here as an example of how not to dress. Now, if you look like this, when you look in your mirrors in the morning, find something else to put on. Self-respect permeates every aspect of your lives. If you don't have it for yourselves, 
You're not going to get it from anywhere. He was up to some stuff at the border. Again, Yes, he, he so likes that border. Ted Cruz, senator from Texas, and John Cornyn, senator from Texas, shares a border with Mexico to small government conservatives. Suddenly they think that they have any, I don't know, they just have no shame in waiting mm -hmm. for big daddy federal government to come in and fix this problem. They should be partnering with the federal isn't government it, because it's their state. Instead, yeah, instead they're bringing, they, there were 18 senators that went down to the border and all of, seen, all of them GOP, all of them GOP, all of them Republicans. Have you ever seen Blair Witch Project? No, but wait, is that the one where like they had like, it was one of those first movies where they had somebody hold the camera and I, yes. I just, so I never watched it because when they were doing like the trailer, the person had like their nostrils up in the camera and they were just like, oh my God, I'm so scared. And then I yes. saw the nostrils and I was just like, nope, I'm out. Yes. It's basically <laughs> primitive camera, light right in the face with the snot running down the nose because they were so scared. Well, Ted Cruz and 17 I other Republicans it. went down to the border and basically did a Blair Witch project with the camera in the face at midnight on the Rio Grande, talking about what's going on over there. Like there's some embedded journalists in Afghanistan or some shit like that. The oh, only man. thing missing was the snot, basically. It's political <laughs> theater. It was it was disgusting. It was absolutely disgusting. Because again, Ted Cruz, he is he brought all these people down there. Yeah. He is the senator from Texas. And instead of partnering with the White House to actually create some change that would help the situation, he takes to make some primitive video about what's happening mm -hmm. the Rio Grande talking about breastfeeding women. I mean, it must be the kind of porn that Ted's into. I don't, I don't know. It's, but, it's rule. It's rule 34 or 31. If you, if you can imagine it, porn of it exists. Right. He just <laughs> kept mentioning the breastfeeding women and it was very creepy. So I think it's, so they all went down to create this theatrical thing of this is what's happening. It's a humanitarian crisis. And I think it's uniquely disgusting for these senators to say, let's build the wall to keep these people out. That's a solution yeah. to the problem. And they went there to say it's a humanitarian crisis that first of all, these people cared nothing about these migrants for the last four Humanity. years. Humanity. They don't. They did not care at all. So you can't, I mean, that's the one thing. They, they suddenly care. And great, thanks for coming to the party late, but you got to be serious about it. Expedient. They don't care. They don't care. So it comes across as very inauthentic and manufactured outrage. So, the, but their solution is, we need to build the wall. This is why we need to build the wall. Build the wall to keep them out. So the humanitarian crisis doesn't only exist if these people are on, the you know, in Texas or Arizona. Yeah. A humanitarian crisis exists because they are human and they're in a crisis situation. So whether they're in Mexico or in the United States, it's still humanitarian crisis. But yet they seem to think that the solution to the humanitarian crisis is to kick them out and keep them in it's Mexico not. so they don't know about it. It's not. A humanitarian crisis requires a humanitarian solution. Yes, yes. It's and they, that they simple. Just, they seem to think that, that humanity stops if you're not on American soil. And that's to me, the most insulting part of this whole thing is yeah. that they claim to care, but then their solution to it is to kick these people out. And, and that solves their problem. Yeah, and and, and the, one of the reasons for that is the thought process of the, the a, a, 
a significant number of Americans, which is if you're not American, you don't count. And then a lot of other people take it further. If you're not a certain type of American, you don't count. And that's yes. just been that's just been us since the pilgrims got here. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. We take and people's land. One of the things that, that drives me fucking crazy is the people who, whenever there's a new crisis, whether it's manufactured or real or whatever, you know, they get on Twitter or Facebook or whatever social media or even in just regular talking face to face and they go, you know, this isn't who we are. This isn't this isn't the American that I know. It's like, are you on fucking crack? Just look at look at the history of America. Smallpox blankets, slavery, Jim Crow, ill treatment of the Irish. Like I, I could keep going. Like what America? Man, this I was is not the America to... that we want to be, but this is definitely it's a pattern of behavior. It's definitely who we have always been. You otherize people. You dehumanize people, and then you use that justification to treat them inhumanely. Yes. If whether it was a plantation in South Carolina or the border of Mexico and Texas, it's the same fucking playbook. And like, yes. I get it. I get it. Mathematically, if if the playbook won you a Super Bowl two years ago, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If it ain't broke for you, if you're winning. This playbook is what allows a person like Donald Trump and his cabinet to believe, and his attorney general, Jeff Sessions, to back this up and justify believing that disincentivizing people from coming here to America means Mm -hmm. you forcibly have a hysterectomy imposed on women. You... I mean that to me, and you separate children from their parents. I mean, I don't even know how you would accomplish that. Like, do you have to like put them to sleep? I don't. That's so wild. Yes, that's what some of these women organs, my butt. Like, that's what what some of these women were describing. These women were saying that they were put under for a procedure, and then when they woke up, they had no uterus. They didn't have uterus. Wow. As a woman, I would fucking punch somebody in the face. For taking my that, uterus without my consent, I, think I would do more than that. But at the very, at the very minimum, that's worth being punched in the face. Taking a part of my body without my consent, never, never, and it, and ever not, is not appropriate. Even, it's not even like it's not even like they went in and like pierced their ears and like gave them a tag and a number, like in fucking you know the Holocaust or whatever. Like oh, you that's removed. Still wrong. You removed the major part of their reproductive system. Yes. And and you, like, you know, you know what the funny thing is, though? I would like well, to hear the fucking justification of these doctors or or whoever's in charge. Like, I was just following orders. Like, try that again. Try that excuse. Let me hear you. I'm sure that they would say that. But but I think that men like Donald Trump don't realize that taking a woman's uterus causes lifelong issues and complications with her hormones hormone yeah. imbalances lead to chronic disease so they but, but, he basically gave them a death sentence by taking their uterus to disincentivize them from coming here how disgusting he don't care i can't about even that. they you have to understand others aren't people oh no no they're, i'm just saying this burdens for, i i get that but i'm him. just i'm saying this for maybe some of our audience who might not be as well versed in because women don't talk about our health a lot because it's seen as taboo because men mm-hmm. don't like to hear about periods and stuff like that. 
But I have to make sure that our audience understands that when a woman doesn't have a uterus, she's not producing estrogen and ovaries. If you take the ovaries in the uterus, she doesn't produce estrogen. If she's not producing estrogen, her hormones are out of balance. If your hormones are out of balance, you have chronic illness, period. So that's the kind of stuff that maybe Donald Trump doesn't know. But you don't Even just make decisions knew, like that. He don't that. care. Because you know what, though? He doesn't have the knowledge to like pull off something that devious. That kind of shit is like Steve Bannon, Stephen Miller esque. Of course. That of ain't course. that ain't him. That is that yeah. that kind of shit right there is people who've actually read Mind Camp page for page. He can't get a lot of... two paragraphs, so it ain't him. No, but a lot of these people who were justifying this procedure were saying, well, we don't we we think it's okay. It might not be the best thing to do, but I understand if we mm. want to make sure these women don't have anchor babies. But it's not just about that. It's not just about them being being able to have babies. It is a lifelong sentence of health mm -hmm. complications by not having a uterus if you're the age of 16 when you have it removed. I mean, it's 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 so inhumane. I can't I can't even wrap my brain around it. it is it, as you can tell, it makes me so angry and this is what happens when people don't let women speak and, and be in leadership positions because a lot of people don't don't know this that if you don't have a uterus you have all these life these complications because women don't speak because we're not allowed to we're not yeah. in positions of power so it's, this is what it's happens when you don't let it's women very leave. frustrating i like yep. it's it's bothering to me it's like because i'm trying to like think while you're talking, I'm trying to think like, what what body part would I be okay with them taking in a detention center? The answer None. is zero. Just leave me the fuck alone, B. Like, right. why are you touching me? You can't. What is that? It's it's you can't take somebody's body parts without consent. If I don't care how people try to justify it, you don't do that. Like, there's no part of the Constitution or the funding founding fathers or the law or anything that justifies any of that that's just pure evil that's just it you is. a piece of shit like like oh my god i can't imagine the people who would sign off on something like that but whatever yeah the, 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 the better thing about that is that's where the bar was buried as i keep going back to yeah the the bar the bar is above ground now and we're we're trying to work on it, and the, and the, the the media is trying their best to manufacture all of these crises and shit because yeah. there we have a president and and a and a, a half of Congress and an administration that's trying to do the best they can of a crisis that was so predestined terrible. for them, like the backlog was made, you know, whatever. Uh, nobody's getting yes. their uteruses removed right now. Yes, and thank you, Biden administration, for stopping that. <laughs> if if there's that one part, if they if you can be like, okay, well, what's different? They're still in cages. It's like, yeah, well, they got their uteruses. Well, we we can yeah, we can definitely address the cages because I personally feel it was wrong for them to have cages in the detention centers under Obama. Mm -hmm. It was wrong under Trump. It's wrong. Under I'm glad Biden. you said it's it was wrong. under Obama because a lot of yeah. people don't know that it wasn't a Trump thing. The cages right. are a lot still of there. The cages mm -hmm. are still there. It's just that you had cages, cages plus uterus removal plus more terrible things, and now you just have cages again and processing. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where yes. that's the that's the progression. So it's like bar, buried bar, dug up bar, a little bit higher. Mm -hmm. But it's still oh, wrong. I, I the cages are wrong. That's not the right way to, to American people. American incrementalism is so yes, fucking annoying. Exactly. Just just do the yeah. right thing. Just do it. Just do it right now. Do it right yes. now. Do the right thing right now. What's the right thing? Ask, everybody agree, vote, push, move. Yeah.
We can't do that. One of the other things that the Republicans have really pressed on, this is mm. a recurring theme with them, that, like you said, they create this other, the the people coming across the the Mexico, Texas, or Arizona border is that there are these people, we, we don't know if they're diseased, we don't know where they've been, we don't know what they want to do. So we yeah. treat people coming across the Mexican border as a certain way that we don't trust them. We, we think that they're bringing disease. We have to detain them. We have to test them. We have to make sure that they're not bringing nasty stuff in. It's very different from how they handle the border with Canada. And oh, yeah. Dan Sullivan from Alaska, he was one of the, the 18 GOP um, mm -hmm. politicians who senators. went down to the border. Yeah, yeah I, I think that they were all senators. But now that I, now that I say that, I'm not 100% sure. But they were all Republicans. They were all Congress uh, people. So... Um, yeah. representatives or senators he was saying falsely that we have an open border with mexico we don't we don't we don't um, but he was saying that the, we have an upside down border policy with an open southern border and then where people are who are being released almost immediately are not being tested for covid and then for the northern border with canada he said alaska is facing an economic disaster because the canadian border is closed so oh, he basically, okay. what he said was, we need to have a closed border with Mexico and an open border with Canada. Now that to me, it's almost like he's saying the quiet part out loud, because what's the difference if we have people coming no, over the Canadian, if we have people, he did, we have people coming over the Canadian border that aren't being tested either. They're trying to sneak into the country. They're leaving whatever situation, wanting to come to America so mm. what's the difference people crossing the border in mexico people crossing the border in canada he says close mexico open canada why so what's so, the difference so, so so the difference is brown people that are facing death like sure death because of our foreign policy are not allowed in but white people who aren't affected by our foreign policy let them roll through i mean we mm -hmm. can use some more celine dion's and drake's and fucking <laughs> <laughs> Wayne Gretzky, I don't know. Is he Canadian? I don't know. But it just goes to show that we, that I say we as all Americans, even though you and mm -hmm. I are, you know, we don't do this, but um, Americans in general have a yeah. an inherent distrust of brown people and an inherent trust of white people. And Wait this a minute. Is where... Didn't white people come here and see brown people here? Yes, they did. How the fuck are you going to distrust the people who were here first? That's why they took the land. They just took it. They did. They took it over because, you know, they felt they were superior. But he just admitted that, number one, this is about economics to him because Alaska has got a, an economic crisis. So we need to let the Canadians in. That's literally yeah. what he said. Yeah. So it's about money. And then secondary to that is that he wants a closed border because he doesn't trust brown people. And that's not okay. That's not okay to treat people disparately like that. But yeah. he's basically admitting what the whole thing is about. It's about the fact that they don't trust that these people coming across the border have good intentions for America. But we need to mm -hmm. open the Canadian border because we fully believe that those people have good intentions for America. It's, wow. it's sick. You know what? You know what, though? On top of that, on top of, you know, Ted Cruz and all these senators being 
doing their Blair Witch style dumb shit in the middle of the night. I saw him. It was so funny. I saw the video of him in a boat with like a life vest and shit. And he's like, he's super Steve Irwin. He, he's just like, I'm, I'm down here. I'm down Don't here. insult Steve he's Irwin just... like that. <laughs> he was like, he was like, I'm down here. Um, this is the part where the illegals all cross and then they come <laughs> into the country and like he's being like really quiet and shit whatever you know what though it's it's the, uh, the gop is so funny they're all about the optics and i think i sent this to you earlier this week in a text um of about two years ago there was a journalist that went down to the border yeah. and to sensationalize the whole thing they put this fucking clown in a regular like army casual backpack and he turned it around to the front and had it on backwards like it was a bulletproof vest. And Twitter fucking ate him alive. <laughs> like it was like, like, you know, current army, current enlisted people, like retired people were just like, is he wearing a fucking backpack? Like, why are you wearing a backpack? Like, like it's a bulletproof vest. And so, and like he doubled down because he, he was a Fox News reporter. I'll put it up. Yeah. Um, and he was like, he was just like, no, the Border Patrol gave me this and told me because of safety, whatever. And so other journalists started to chime in and they were just like, dude, I've been, to the, I report on the border daily. I've never, like I wear them. This one journalist was like, I wear a maxi dress. I don't know mm -hmm. what you did. Like people aren't crossing the borders with AK-47s. They are right. crossing and the borders looking for a better life. Ain't nobody trying to kill us. One of the journalists that weighed in is Jacob Soberoff, and he has been covering the border for mm. years. If anybody knows what's going on, it's Jacob Soberoff. And he said, I have never worn any kind of a bulletproof vest down here. I trust his judgment on that. If he ain't Man, wearing it, things are safe. Ted, Ted Cruz was in that boat in a life vest. I saw other senators in bulletproof vests, or, or maybe it was backpacks. I don't fucking know. But their message, though, off that boat was that these are where the illegals are coming in. And I want to uh -huh. make the distinction. I want to make the, dis you know, what? I want to make the distinction as an immigrant, as an immigrant that's been here, that pays taxes, that got his stimmy check because I pay fucking taxes. So fuck y'all. Um, <laughs> I, I don't give a shit, dude. I work hard and I pay my taxes. I'm American as apple pie. Mm -hmm. But when they go down there and they're just like, yo, all of these people coming across are illegal and whatever. It's, it's not even true. Illegal immigrants and asylum seekers are not the same. They are oceans apart. And right. it was so funny that even with their political spin and lies and, and rhetoric, when he was showing, like, they, so they had the night vision of him in the boat and whatnot. In the day, they also did reporting. And so this other journalist, like an actual journalist, went down there and she was like, this is where the asylum seekers cross. And the Border Patrol has set up um, like signs across the river with arrows showing this is the way to the processing center. So mm -hmm. people are coming across the river. They see this big red sign that says processing center this way. And it's written in English. It's written in Spanish. Right. And so you, fo you follow these signs like, like, like a yard sale in a neighborhood or like an open house. And then you get to the processing center and then they go, oh, thanks for coming to the processing center and not trying to enter our country illegally to sell drugs and murder and kill and rape people like Donald Trump said you were. Thanks for showing up and being documented. Yes. So important.
they are that we know where they live we know wh who they're going to we know what their family name is and where they were coming from what country they were coming from we have we have their blood type their fucking dna like we yeah. all of that that's documentation and when ted cruz and all the senators go down there and they're just like this is where the illegals are crossing it's like they're not illegal they're leaving certain death traveling thousands of miles braving dysentery and scurvy and broken bones and apparently they have to like when they come through um tijuana or juarez or whatever by the border they have to pay the cartels there to traverse the territory and the low estimate that the doj put out is that the cartels are making 500 million a year now that's a low yes. number they don't they don't have the correct number 500 million a motherfucking year that's more than 2 million a day yes and and that's why that's why this refused their talking points because their whole thing is immigrants are coming here they're coming here to bankrupt our economy and much of our you know of our taxes and whatever whatever it's like but these people got 2 million dollars a day to spend right i i thought they were broke i thought they were poor and that their talking points shift it's like it's 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 like all 50 GOP senators just grab onto the goalpost and just move it wherever the fuck they feel like because it's like exactly it. this is this is this is a huge crisis because they're spending two million dollars a day to get through Juarez and Tijuana and whatever all those border territories to get safe passage through but at the same time you're telling us that these people are coming here because they're lazy and they're whatever whatever and they're gonna mooch off the system and then the other talking point when so they move the goalpost over here they're lazy they're coming to move off much off our system or whatever and then they're just like shit that's not working and then they move the goalpost over here and then they go these people are trying to take our jobs yes yes so I are, want... are they are they lazy or are they trying to take our jobs what, I which is it I once heard somebody describe that as Schrodinger's immigrant simultaneously <laughs> mooching off the government and trying to steal our jobs all at the same time. <laughs> Man, and you know what? The, that, and I, I, I'm sure we've all seen the various memes or whatever. And it's like Pradeep mm -hmm. from India that has like four degrees and is a medical doctor is not trying to take your job, Billy. You're not a neuroscientist. Right. Just chill yeah. the fuck out, man. Like, you know, but the thing is, when when they can't move when they when they see that they move the goalposts right people call them out they move the goalposts left people call them out what they rest on is well all of these people are illegal and it's mm -hmm. not so illegal immigrants are coming across trying to make a quick buck by either being a drug mule or whatever whatever and then they go back actually and then try to repeat yes. the process that's that's their yes. job that's their livelihood or yes. they're coming here to run off but to work, whether it's on a farm or whatever, whatever. And they pay taxes. They apparently they paid like two billion dollars in taxes last year, like undocumented yes. workers. So they contribute people, to our economy. Oh God. Like massively. And they don't get they don't get a stimmy bill. Right. Or a stimmy check, rather. They don't get nothing. The icing on the cake for me, especially as an as a naturalized immigrant myself, is when I speak to people and I I feel passionate about this because there are members of my family, myself, my, you know, who've come here to seek a better life, to contribute to society. Like I'm doing this podcast about American politics. If I didn't care about America's politics, if I didn't care about America, I wouldn't give a shit about the politics. Right. Exactly. I sit here. I read more news and more politics than the average American. I promise you every goddamn day. 
And that's and, the thing. I, I care about this country. I like it here. Yes. And a lot of the, the whole reason that this podcast exists is because the conversations that you and I would have, you would text me every yeah. once in a while and say, I need to understand why Americans think X, Y, and Z. And because yeah. I I was born here, I was raised in our educational system, I was able to enlighten you to the, you know, well, we think that way because we were taught that in second grade. Sometimes yeah. it's just that simple. Other times it's like, well, we think that way because we're confused about what this really mm -hmm. means. So this whole podcast was birthed from the fact that you were curious and you wanted to know why American, why Americans think this way. Why does because, this country because of you immigrants care? hate goddamn immigrants? Right. I don't know. It's so wild to me. But anyways, <laughs> so you know what? The biggest frustration for me, Beth, is when I talk to people who I'm friends with or, you know, colleagues from work or whatever, whatever. And they're just, and I'm very passionate about advocating for immigrants because I am one. My father was one. My sister was one. My sister's a Marine. My sister has bled for this country. So don't give me no shit. I'll punch you in the face straight up. We can go to war. <laughs> she has. But yes. one of the things that drives me fucking crazy is when people look at me and they go, oh, well, we're not talking about you. You're not illegal. Like you came here the right way. And my immediate response is, how you know? They're assuming. They're assuming how you that. know. How you know I came here the right way? How you know I didn't <laughs> fucking hide in the stairwell or, or the, the wheel well of an Air Jamaica aircraft and just ran off in Fort Lauderdale and just braved the one hour and 18 minutes of sub-zero temperatures just to make my life better? How, how do you know? You don't know that. You don't know. You don't know if I came here through the Mexican border. You don't know right. if I flew to Canada and just came through New York or whatever and just stayed. You don't fucking know. How, just because yeah. I wear nice clothes and I have a nice job, my family's good and what? Like you just look at that and be like, well, you came here the right way. How the fuck do you know? That's the crux of the issue really is that going back to the <laughs> fact that they want to, that the GOP wants to close the border with Mexico, but open the border with Canada. They see certain people as a threat. If you are non-threatening because you are a nice guy, you do dress nicely, you're well-spoken, so they see you as non-threatening, therefore they assume that you came here legally. So mm. a lot, I think a lot of the issues that we have in American politics is that people are so scared of the unknown or things that they don't understand. If they yeah. fully understand something, it's not seen as a threat, and therefore they're willing to give a little bit of leeway to say, oh, well, I don't agree with you, but I think you're still okay. If they don't mm -hmm. know something, if they're not familiar with something, they just like, no, 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 it's terrible. It's no, 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 I don't want anything to do with that. So they see the people crossing the border, the southern border, as a threat. Therefore, they say they're all doing it wrong. And then they see other people coming across and, and other immigrants that are non-threatening because maybe they work with them. Uh, there's, they married into the family. So they're non-threatening. Therefore, they make the assumption that they must have come here illegally. And that's a terrible yeah. assumption to make, to assume yeah. somebody's a threat or to assume somebody's not a threat. It's funny. Assumptions are it's, not good. It's funny. We, and, and then they use terms like anchor baby and whatever. And it's just like, we had a, we had a anchor baby carrier as the first lady of the white house. Yes. So what's, what's the problem? And what, what's, what's the, Cruz? what's the problem nation of immigrants? He's Canadian. He is Canadian. Isn't his father Cuban? Uh, yes. His father's Cuban. All right. Beth, I don't want to get into that because 
that's going to take us over an hour. Just throw, you know, I'm just throwing it out there that some of these very people who are making this argument about anchor babies are themselves anchor, anchor fucking babies. babies. Beth, do us a yes. grand favor and tell these good people who've been listening to us for so many weeks how they could reach us. They can reach us by going to YouTube, searching Mixed Politics as two words. On Facebook mm -hmm. and Instagram, we're at Mixed.Politics. And on Twitter, we're at MixedPolitics1. Uh, you could also send us an email if you want to sound off about what you heard today. And if you mm -hmm. just want to send us a nice comment or tell us that we're terrible, I don't know. Send us your thoughts at MixedPoliticsPod at gmail.com. And we also are on Patreon. I'm going to let you take that one, Stanley. Mm -hmm. Well, if you are watching us on YouTube, please like and subscribe. So whenever we have new content, it's not just the weekly podcast. Sometimes we have extra bonus footage that we're like, oh, we, we really want our listeners to hear this. You might get one on a Thursday or a Friday or a Saturday. Um, we do have a Patreon where you can support and our sponsor us um, and, you know, let us know what you think and get behind the scenes footage, uh, get merch, get a spot on the show get a third panel or come and have dinner and drinks with us or whatever and speaking of patreon our patreon is patreon.com slash mixed politics but we do have a new patreon that just subscribed just before the show so you best probably don't even know what's going on oh really? um, yeah 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 so our newest patreon and we try to do this with the newest person so if you're not the newest please don't feel bad about the fact that you didn't get a shout out i will get to you at yes. some point but melissa kavanaugh and she's uh an, our newest subscriber on patreon and thank you, you know, melissa yeah she's she's been pretty awesome she's been sending us feedback she's been you know listening intentively and always been positive uh, or always been positive even with the negative critiques and we like that and so for, i i logged on today and i was just like oh we got a new person oh wow it's her that's awesome so thank you so I'm much so melissa excited. we appreciate it yeah yes and we appreciate everybody who's listening everybody who's sending us the feedback we we need the feedback because we want to make this podcast good even better i mean we know that the material is good we know that we're awesome but we want to make it the best podcast ever so we need that feedback <laughs> so thank you to all of our patrons come over to patreon become a patron you get all the good stuff over there all right so to all of our analysts pundits and experts thank you for staying with us on this journey and cheers hopefully you enjoyed something tonight thanks yes cheers episode six huh in the bag yeah in the bag